Hey, Matt. Yes, Ryan. Are you ready? I am ready. Are you ready to turn out the lights? I am ready to turn out the lights. And welcome back, everybody. This is another episode of the best music podcast in the world. (laughs) Wow. We've come such a long way, and what is this, our 12th episode? Exactly, man. Uh, a baker's dozen, man. No, it's just a dozen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, um, for those of you who are like, what is this, what am I listening to? Uh, you're listening to a podcast called Hey, Listen to This, uh, and I am Ryan Kearns. I'm Matt Derzik. And every episode, Matt and I just essentially dive into an album, and it could be a modern day, like one that was re- released last week, or it could be one that was released in 1948. Each week, uh, Matt and I trade off. We pick an album. It's mainly as a way for us to explore our musical taste. And uh, this week, um, I think I over may have already overstepped you. Did you introduce yourself? No, I introduced myself. I'm, yeah. I, 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 I told my name. Okay, man. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to be courteous here. Uh, it's the holidays. We don't know what the hell we're doing. Got, got to be, man. Um, so anyways, so this week I uh, I chose uh, the 2017 album by one uh, Miss Julian Baker called Turn Out the Lights. And my introduction to Julian Baker was basically through Anthony Mantano. Mantano. Um, and he, he actually reviewed this album. And he turned me on to uh, Miss Julian Baker. And I've been a, uh, a, a decent fan since. Uh, spoiler alert, I really like this album. Right. Because yeah, it would be kind of, I don't know. Um, it would be kind of weird if I, w- if I recommended an album. Like, actually, I don't like this album whatsoever. Right. Well, <laughs> if you talk about recommending it, you recommended it on our last show as a uh, follow-up album to Blue. Yeah. Which, so I figured that, you know, if you were going to, recommend something based off what you gave what we both gave a 10 then this has got to be up in that same category yeah absolutely so and matt what has what is your relationship with julian baker up until the point that i recommended this album uh not super severe uh certainly less than you i will say that uh, we did go to see her at uh, mr small's theater back in 2021 i believe it was yeah like and, uh i think that was the first concert uh after the whole uh, pandemic shinding. Yes, after the uh, pandemic, it was our first show, and uh, it was a very good show. Um, although there was something about that night that left me a little um, unfulfilled, in a sense, and I didn't realize how to explain it until I listened to this album. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, there, there's. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. But yeah, yeah I, I, I definitely like Julian Baker. I, I think she has a fantastic voice. Um, and yeah, I think that's as far as uh, I'm willing to spoil for the moment. Okay, okay. I was actually very curious to see what you would, uh, you know, um, say about this album because I know, like, you know, seeing her in live concert is a different experience compared to like actually listening to her in a live oh, yeah, recording. It is, and even that, she was touring off of her album Little Oblivions, and totally different album, totally different kind of setup here. Right. Um, but that being said. Uh, you ready to uh, turn out the lights on this year and uh, this this uh, kick the tires and light the fires? Let's do it. All right. So the very first track is called Over. And 
kind of like a couple of the other albums that I've recommended recently. Like, this is just an intro track. Like, there's no vocals whatsoever. And it's basically, you hear uh, Julian opening up a door, walking over to the piano, sitting down, and playing it. Yes. And that's basically what she wanted on this track, and that's what she got. Yeah. And she, this sort of idea of... And what I love about it is the sound of the door opening is very distant, very dry, very matter-of-fact. Mm-hmm. But once she hits that piano, all of a sudden it's like she is transferring herself and the listener into this dream state. It's a very dreamy piano. Yeah. And that's how the piano sounds on the majority of this album. Yeah, yeah. And that is a compliment. And another aspect of the uh, track is how, like, you know, um, the incorporation of strings is a nice touch. And, like, talk about, like, you know, okay, so the very first uh, album that I recommended that actually had a proper introduction, like, you know, that didn't have any vocals, was the Black Country New Road album for the first time. Yeah. And not a smooth transition between that and the next song, which I think was Athens, France, if I can remember correctly. Yes. Yeah. Kudos to me. I didn't even look it up. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the next album that I recommended that had like an intro track um, that didn't have any vocals was the Phoebe Bridgers uh, yes. record and the DVD menu into a garden song. And that, that flowed pretty nicely into each other. Oh my goodness. Like, you know, the how over flows into appointments because you have the piano doing a riff uh-huh. and then all of a sudden that's swapped out with the guitar like you cannot get more seamless than that see I am actually that, that was that's the one criticism I had about this track was that transition because I agree with you the theoretically it's beautiful yeah it's a beautiful transition and my only complaint is I wish it would have been even a little smoother. Because it just kind of cuts from one to another. It cuts right from the piano to guitar. It's the same riff musically, yeah. but it's piano one second and guitar the next. I think I would have preferred it to be faded, but that doesn't, again, theoretically it does what it's supposed to do. I, I, I might have to like you know revisit that. Because, uh, I, again, I'm looking at uh, this album uh, through yeah. uh, like you know rose-colored... Uh, Glasses here, right? No, I get that. Yeah, and and to be fair, like the first couple times I heard, the first time I heard, I was I was knocked out. Yeah, I was like, whoa, wow. But then on the third listen, I was like, like, like might have been a little smoother, but it it did what it was supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it flow uh, the track flows into appointments, and this was my proper introduction to Julian Baker. And I let off over, so I'm gonna let you lead off appointments. Yeah. So right out of the gate, uh, we get a song that is very much written from the perspective of love gone wrong and regret, and the words on this out or this particular song um, are delivered very clearly. I love her voice on this track, and right away I kind of understood what it is that was missing from her live performance because and and this is not necessarily her fault um to a degree because when you're singing solo with your acoustic guitar your piano unless you really want to get super technical with it all you have 
is your own voice. What I love about it, what I love about the song, this particular song, and the rest of the songs in the album that this applies to, are the harmonies. She does a magnificent job of harmonizing with herself. She does, her, her voice is beautiful, so obviously her voice layered on top of her own voice is going to sound even more beautiful. <laughs> so, yeah. um, especially when she slows down at the end of each verse, you know, on the beat. It's, it's so good. I would probably say, with maybe one exception, this is probably in my top two or three songs on the entire album. Yeah, I, I would say, I, I would agree that it's probably my uh, third favorite song off the album. Third, okay. Yeah, I had to do like some mental juggling today because, like you know, um, like a song overtook my top spot. But um, we'll get to that when it comes. But you talk about uh, Julian's voice and everything like that, and. I was listening to an old episode of a podcast called Celebration Rock, where Stephen Hyden was interviewing Julian Baker around this time. Yeah. And he was talking about Julian's voice and how she has the ability, when she hits those high notes, mm -hmm. that like it's almost like a Pavlovian response that you want to cry as a human being. Like, wow. um, because like, you can tell like she's pouring genuine emotion into everything. And like uh, one thing that I noted, and this draws me a lot, draws me into Julian Baker constantly. Is just she's coming from the perspective, at least from my point of view, of somebody who is just struggling with life. Yeah. And, like in the most realist sense, it's not like oh, it's not like a cheesy struggle. Like oh, my dog left me, and I'm all out of beer. <laughs> No, this is like, so like, right out of the gate, the very first lines that you hear from her are, I, I'm staying in tonight, I know, I, well, I won't stop you from leaving, I know that I'm not what you wanted, am I? And that's basically her being like, I'm, I'm not going anywhere, you can go wherever, and the way that she sings it with such sincerity, mm -hmm. like, uh, like... I was watching the music video for this song this morning, and there's a part where she's basically lying on the ground, flipping over, covered with a blanket, and like there's a hand reaching out to her, and I'm like, yeah, that seems right. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I, I can't, uh, I can't argue. It's uh, not even arguing. It's just like, like the. The relatability and like the fact that she pours so much of her soul into like songs like this, yeah, it's kind of why I recommended this album uh, from going from blue uh, to this. Right, and 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 to piggyback off a couple things you said there, uh, number one, the emotion, the raw emotion of her voice, yeah. pleading. On the second listen of this album, my thought was, oh my goodness, Julian. You have an entire album left of songs. Take it easy. <laughs> it's going to be okay because that—that's that's how you feel. Yeah. It feels like she's just like pouring herself out, and just like every single song, she just like lays it all out there like it's the last song she'll ever sing. Yeah. Um, and secondly, um, you mentioned how the raw power of her voice echoes that of blue. 
The other thing that echoes Blue is the fact that this is a very minimalist album, at least from a uh, presentation standpoint. Because even though a lot of there's a lot of percussive notes on this album, uh, particularly in her piano playing, there are no drums on this album at all, and most of it is either just Julianne with her guitar or Julianne with her piano, much like Joni Mitchell was. Yeah, yeah. So I think you know having heard this album very much is a modern version of Blue in that regard. So I, 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 I did good recommending this album? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, heck yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I can uh, I can uh, maintain my music nerd card still. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll get to some twists and turns later on in the episode. <laughs> um, but after the... So, like, wrapping up the discussion about appointments, um, I love uh, the... The way that she repeats the phrase, have to believe that it is. Like, she keeps telling herself that. And it's almost like she has to believe that she's getting, she's going to get better. Right. Um, but she, like, the way that she's singing it, like, she really doesn't believe that she's going to get better. Um, and, like, this is a, this is a constant theme in a lot of Julian's work. Like, in the next album, uh, Little Oblivion's, like, the... Uh, I think it's like the first song off of it, Hardline. Like, she talks about, like, you know, drawing a hard line and saying, hey, I'm never going to do this again, but hey, I know I'm going to cross over it because that's what I do. Right. Like, uh, like, I'm sure Julian Baker is very mentally sound, but, like, the way that she's able to portray, like, you know, such a defeatist attitude and just saying, uh, like, defeatist and self hating attitude oh my goodness man like i think this particular album straddles that line between having enough mental muster to understand that you're in a not great spot without completely succumbing to the badness that comes with it yeah like just being mentally strong enough to be like okay I hate this. I don't want to do this. I feel so much regret right now without feeling so weary that it almost removes the control from which you operate. There's two specific songs that when we get to them, like they really echo that uh, that sentiment about her ability to pull herself out of that. Like, yeah. like there are lows and lows, but like the highs, they're, they're kind of nice, man. Yeah. Uh, but... Moving on to Turn Out the Lights, the title track of this album. So, <coughs> I'll, I'll lead off Turn Out the Lights because you let off appointments. Go. Um, so, the first time that this song hit me, I, I felt attacked in that... <laughs> I, Explain. So, like, the opening line is, there's, there's a hole in the drywall still not fixed. The first time that this song really hit me and I, like, you know, clicked in my brain is that when I moved into my current house and we, we've been having plumbing issues, like, there was a hole in my drywall there was. That, that was not fixed. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh. And, like, the phrasing of, and I'm kind of getting used to it. And I'm like, oh no, I feel I'm feeling so seen right now. <laughs> right. Uh, but no, like seriously though, 
so the concept about turning out the lights, um, the way that I was able to research it, and the way that she was kind of spelling it out, it's whenever it's uh, for those of you who've not seen BoJack Horseman. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. So there's a scene in there where uh, Todd's talking to BoJack, saying, "It's not the booze, it's not the alcohol, it's not your childhood, it's you." It's just you. You are all the things that are wrong with you. This song is basically the embodiment of that. Basically saying, like, hey, you turn out all the lights, you are all that you have. So you can't blame anything else. you gotta, you got to face your demons. And this is Julian saying that to herself, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, from a musical standpoint, I wasn't as taken away by this song as I was with Appointments. Um, but at the same time, it's still a very good song for the reasons that you mentioned. Um, again, she's, she's very raw, and she sort of introduces this feeling of restlessness, or you know, this feeling of you know trying to go to sleep and you know being able to sleep at night with her own state of being, which for her and for a lot of other people is not very easy. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> another thing that I will just say about this. Um, this track and then we can move on to uh, shadow boxing uh, like <coughs> whenever she starts to belt uh, uh, about like when I turn out the lights I like at the very end that's where she really shines and it's really when you're able to really like you know that's that's basically when the emotion overflows, it really makes the song pop, and it's a very nice touch. And I would say it's probably the this song is the second favorite song off the album for me. Okay, I can I can respect that. It's not in that same canon for me, but it's it's definitely up there. Are you ready to talk about shadowboxing now? I am. All right, so shadowboxing. I'm gonna let you lead this one off because I let off turn off the lights. Yeah. So. For this, I was... It's a little bit of a different feel to it. Um, not too different, because it. the last track was more or less Julian talking about where she's at with herself. Whereas this kind of goes back to the point of appointments, where she's talking about the people in her life, and particularly whoever it is that she is broken up with or fell out of love with. Yeah. And... Um, Again, a very vivid uh, portrait of where her mind is at with this significant other. Um, talking about having to fight the devil and how she is struggling to do that. And asking, why am I being asked to do this? Yeah. <clears throat> so, shadow boxing um, refers to a technique that boxers use to uh, like basically fight, pretend to fight an opponent that's not there. So, right. like, the, the when you talk about, like, her fighting with the devil, this is basically her fighting with, like, you know, her own devil, her yeah. own demons. Um, and I, I initially wasn't, like, you know, too into the song, uh, but then I, I realized that it was because my dumb brain was just like, oh, Julian's not belting in the song. Like, it's not a good song. 
<laughs> my dog would agree. Like for those of you who can hear very well, my dog just moaned at my stupid comment there. <laughs> but no, like you know, no, her ability uh, to be such a fantastic vocalist and lyricist, especially with lyrics, I know that you don't understand because you don't believe what you don't see when you watch me throwing punches at the devil, like Matt was talking about. Oh, it looks like I'm just like I'm fighting with me, and. Not much else I can say about it. Like, you not know. really. No, I mean, I, I do like the, the that line there of you know, it feels like I'm fighting with me when I'm fighting with the devil. This basically is carrying from, you know, I, I said that it doesn't necessarily deal with the same subject matter as the previous song, but in a sense, it kind of does. Yeah, because it's basically her realizing I'm trying to deal with myself, and I'm having a hard time dealing with myself, and part of that's your fault. Which, understandably, isn't the most responsible-sounding scenario in human connection, but at the same time, you know, again, you talk about the sincerity in her voice, and she's the one with the microphone, so, you know, we're, we're under, trying to understand her perspective, so uh, it's, it's kind of hard to envision this being anything other than a, hey, take some of the blame for what you've caused me to think about myself. Yeah. I'm sorry for the uh, delay there. I'm going to take a pet my dog. For those of you oh, who good. can't see our live feed, by the way, why is there a live feed in my house? Um, <laughs> um, Not sure there is. <laughs> so, you ready to move on to Sour Breath? Yes. Alright, so Sour Breath. I'm going to be honest with you, man. This is my least favorite song. Really? Yeah. This one? Yeah, this song. And you want to know why? I'm on my ears. It has that exile and guyful effect. And l l when I say that, it's basically... It, it follows the same kind of feel. But... Like, there's not really much to the song. Like... And... Like, the most interesting part is whenever she builds up and talks about... Um, the faster, the harder I swim, the faster I sink. Like other than that, it's kind of a, it's it's a it's an okay song. Like when I talk about it, it'd be my least favorite. Like I'm not saying this song is like poop, but right, it's it, it's an okay song in a uh, vast land of good songs. Yeah. So I like other than that, um, yeah, like. Yeah, um, like, I can't really say much else about the song. I'm, I'm curious to hear what you got to say, because I, I apparently just surprised you. you. A little bit, a little bit, because I would probably say this is in that same top three oh, of okay. songs on this album. Uh, I'm debating whether I want to say it's the best on the album, because I will say that I understand where you're coming from with the Exile Guyville, because she does just kind of, you know, ramble on. About the excuse me the uh, thing she's dealing with and the thing she feels yeah um, and she doesn't belt until the very end but that last little part where she sings and the music drops out and then she comes back talking about the poison yeah I love that I really love that because there's a weird. You know, part of the genuine nature of her vocal 
especially moments like that where she's not belting, is, again, the sincerity. And weariness is part of sincerity, I think. Yeah. So I, I would say at that moment, leading up to the eventual build-up of the final lines... would be is probably one of my favorite moments on the album because it feels like she's sinking back into this sort of depressive state and she's letting whatever it is that she's fighting win. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a decent moment, but uh like and I, I respect your opinion about it. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's not my it's not my uh Hot Papa John's, if you know what I mean. <laughs> sure, let's go with that. <laughs> yeah. But, no. Um, not much else I can say about that. So, you ready to talk about Televangelist? Yes, let's let's get into Televangelist. Now, this one uh, is another sudden shift. The last song was mostly... Um, was, was that... I'm trying to remember. It was mostly piano guitar on that last track. I think it was mostly guitar. Yeah. It was guitar, okay. Yeah. Because, yeah, this one is definitely heavy on the piano, heavy on the reverb, too. Um, and we get to a theme, a, a sort of a new theme that's that might have been referenced before in the album, but definitely comes through now, is this feeling of dealing with her religious upbringing, which hadn't really been addressed in as the focal point of any song before on this album. Yeah. And the backstory with Julianne Baker is that, you know, she grew up in a religious home, uh, but then she found out that uh, she was gay. And then, of course, whenever you realize you're gay in a religious home, there's some problems that arise with that. So... Some people might be like, but, but, but... Right. And, you know, the uh, carnal side of you is like, that's my point. So, anyway... um, The point being, she used a lot of uh, religious allegories in the song, and that mixed with the very reverb-like church piano that goes on the song, I think is a very nice touch. I can't really say much more than that. I mean, I, I think it's a solid track. Um, I'd probably put it in the top half of the album, but not necessarily in the top three. Yeah, you, you did an awesome... Wow, we are burping up a storm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gives me uh, something to do later. But, yeah. Brain. <laughs> uh, no, you did, a, you did an awesome job uh, talking about the song as a whole. The only thing that I, I will add is that there are lyrics in here that are absolutely freaking heartbreaking. Uh, like, like when I heard, like re-listened to them and like looked over the lyrics, I'm like, holy crap, Julian. So like the lyric that I'm referring to in this specific song, it's talking about, and I know what's in my cannibal chest that's been dug out and strip, strip, oh, uh, that's been dug out like a strip mine till there's nothing left. Hold the chorus in between my ears until I go death. That remind me exactly what I am every chance they get. <coughs> And, like, holy cow. You talk about, like, their religious upbringing mm. and um, the fact that, like, she discovered that um, she was uh, she was gay. Like, like there's a lot of comparisons in there. Like, you know, 
basically digging out like everything that she knew that she she once believed and like feel like she there's nothing left in her like she doesn't know who she is and uh holding the course in, in between my into in between my ears until i go deaf so that's basically like you know the religious um voice getting in her face and trying to make her like you're not like essentially pray the gay away for lack of a better term yeah and like i don't, I don't know like it, it's such heartbreak and so freaking beautiful and i'm absolutely all here for it man yeah and i'll, I'll add to that i think the uh lyrics that stung out to me were the uh were the at the end of the track where she's talking about clutching my crucifix of white noise and static all my prayers are just apologies hold out a flare until you come for me do i turn into light if i burn alive Oh, oh, oh. oh my goodness, Lord have mercy. Yeah, that might that those might be the best honestly some of the best lyrics on the album, so um yeah, I I I may have to revisit this track as far as like where I'm gonna put it on the album. Yeah. But uh yeah, it is a fantastic uh song, um lyrically. Again, I, the the only I wouldn't even say knock, but just personal preference is that you know, we're now, I think this is what, the sixth song on the album? I do believe so, yeah. Yeah, and again, with it being just drums and piano, especially when, because I was listening to it on the way down here, and whenever you're, especially on a rainy day, it fits, but at the same time, there's this part of it just like, you know, it feels very down, and, and to be fair, that this is what this album is, it's a very down album. Yeah. But there's a part of just, you know, was sort of hoping for that pop of optimism and that sort of, you know, break from the... Uh, the dreariness and spoiler it doesn't come on this album but again if you can get past that and you don't have to hear sort of a beat behind any of the songs then so far we're in really good shape so several points of what you just talked about here um one uh like i would still contend and we're getting to the um the 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 hope the light um that is going to be coming with this album here relatively soon it's not gonna be as like you know what you're talking about but in terms of like a positive aspect like it's coming right um two I, for those of you and I, I include you in this as well who are like who've listened to this album like yeah you know i need something a little bit more like you know punchy check out little oblivions like very next album. This is Julian with an, a, an actual backing band. Okay. And if you are like, if again, if for those of you who are listening to this and like, I don't have time to listen to another album. Blah blah blah. Like, I, I want to have a taste of it. Excellent song for me to recommend off that album is Faith he Faith Healer. So okay. Um, but yeah. Um, and like even just going back into this album here. Because I feel, feel like I went off on a tangent there. Yeah. Uh, one thing that is incredibly underrated about Julian as a person and as a singer-songwriter is that she's an excellent communicator. Like, yes. Uh, even, like, watching her do interviews and, like, watching her do performances on, like, YouTube where she can really just articulate so well. And it's interesting because, like, whenever... She's, you know, formulating her answers and, like, you know, talking through them. 
you can see the like the her brain working like at a million miles per hour, but she's able to articulate articulate her thoughts so freaking well. I'm very impressed with that. Yeah, we were just before the episode uh, that we're recording right now. We were watching a little bit of her uh, stint, or I guess her interview and performance on uh, KEXP in Seattle, and you could tell she was, she was very clear, concise. Um, even the night we saw her up at Mr. Smalls, you know, she was very clear. Um, had a bit of a sense of humor about her, a bit of a kind of a dark sense of humor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, very. She's very good at communicating, and and that's certainly not a knock. Um, and one other element I had, I did mention that you know, the um, lack of a uh, backing band does kind of, um, I wouldn't say rubbing the wrong way, but sort of makes this album seem very uh, almost too dreamy in a sense. But I will say that her. Um, the way she plays piano, uh, but I remember reading in a, a book, uh, called, uh, Howard Stern Comes Again, where it's just select interviews that he did. He did an interview with Billy Joel, and Billy Joel, there, there, there's two minds when it comes to piano. There's the very classical, very, uh, finite nature of playing the right notes at the right time, and then there's the sort of rock and roll way of playing piano, which Billy Joel basically calls a percussion instrument, where you just beat the keys as hard as you can to a certain beat, and... Julianne, I think, does a good job of blending the two together, uh, but she definitely leans in that category of piano as percussion instrument. Yeah. And uh, it definitely comes through on the sound. It definitely helps uh, songs like Televangelist, uh, you know, have a little bit more punch to them despite the lack of, you know, punchy instruments in the back. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, talk about everything to help you sleep. Not sponsored by NyQuil. Not sponsored by NyQuil. <laughs> particularly because it and everything else that Julianne is trying doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so, not a ringing endorsement for anything in that matter. Yeah. Um, um, awesome piano ballad. Um, the opening feeling during the uh, course hits so hard with the lyrics of Because uh, Lord, Lord, Lord. Is there somewhere, some way to make it stop? Because nothing that I do has ever helped turn it off. And again, we're getting back to the themes of like you know, um, self hate, self deprecating, searching for answers, searching for a solution to like you know just make the pain stop. Yeah. And like this, like the fact that we're so many tracks in, and like Julian's basically talking about the same thing over and over again. Mm. Uh, and like the like for her ability to just keep us as listeners engaged in such a intriguing way yeah. really shows her songwriting abilities. Like, I don't mean to every episode from here on out, I'm not going to talk about Liz Fair, but <laughs> like, like again, this shows that like, you know, you can basically talk about the same thing. You can basically do kind of the same thing over and over again, but if you do it well, it works. It it works. So yeah. Um, and and to to bounce off what you're talking about with the uh, refrain of you know her talking to the Lord asking you know what it is that she can do to help herself fall asleep. You know we were talking earlier on the title track about you specifically mentioning how she realized that she only has herself when the lights go out. Yeah. And this is basically her reaching into that barrel that she had condemned in Televangelist, saying, you know, I can't make the pain go away 
and all I have left is myself. So maybe if the Lord is out there, maybe he can help the pain go away. Yeah. Which again, depending on your outlook, can look as a little selfish, but I would very much disagree with that and say, you know, sure it's selfish, but who hasn't been there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because when it most most days in your life you're not surrounded by doctors. You don't have somebody on call to like give you any like numbing drugs or, you know, the right prescription to take your pain away. Um, you know, and even if your family's around you and you have their sympathies and their, you know, care, I mean, sure, that's nice, but that's not going to take the pain away. Yeah. And in the track coming up here relatively soon, um, like, I would argue that maybe Julian found a way to make the pain go away a little bit. Uh, but it's funny that you were talking about, like, you know, hey, we all been there. Like, you know, sometimes it's a little hypocritical. Um, I don't know what made me think of this, but I'm just going to say it anyway. So there is a uh, sitcom show uh, that has since, like, you know, had its finale called uh, Superstore. And there is a specific scene in there where the manager, Glenn who is a, they, they kind of poke fun at him for being like, you know, a highly religious figure. Uh-huh. And, you know, the episode center centers around them going through, like, a tornado crisis, right, in the store. And everyone thinks that they're going to die. Like, literally somebody's, like, you know, writhing on the ground, laughing maniacally like they're the Joker. And Glenn is praying to God, and, like, he's just like, okay, dear Allah. And he just starts switching up God's. And it kind of, like, you know, it kind of relates. Like, um, everything to help you sleep, like, like she is just searching for the, like, what can help her gain, like, peace. Enough to, like, you know, just recharge her body and recharge her soul. Yeah. And, like, the only other lyric that I'm going to mention about this, uh, this, this song um, it's through the first verse, and the, it goes, "What what is it like to be empty, full of only echoes in my body caving in, a cathedral of arcing ribs, heaving out their broken hymns." Like, I love that set of lyrics. Like, you know, there's so many lyrics throughout this album that you can really pinpoint, and I've pinpointed, and you've pinpointed yeah. throughout this whole album that. Um, really showcases Julian's ability to like, construct such eloquent and like beautiful songs. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And uh, not to mention, too, one theme that we haven't really discussed per se, but we have in a sense, is that a lot of times she talks about uh, her health. She did that a lot on um, uh, Sour Breath. Yeah. You know, talking about her ailing health and... I don't know if that is just a perspective thing or if she has been dealing with that kind of stuff in the past. Um, but you believe her. You certainly believe her when she talks about the struggles that she has in that regard. Yeah. I feel like, you know, there's a um, um, part, like, especially with, like, little oblivions, that there's a lot of hints at, like, alcoholism and, like, addiction and, like, that could be given away to, like, her ailing health. So, yeah. so ready to move on to Happy to Be Here? Yes. All right. So I'm going to let you leave this off, man. Yeah. Happy to Be Here, um, it, it's it's another song of mine that's in that top three. Yeah. Um, because this is her trying to, you know, we, we mentioned her seeking for that, 
you know, peace and searching for positivity. This is the search. This isn't her realizing that she's happy. This is her wanting to be happy. And, again, I think a lot of the same elements vocally that she presented on appointments come back here. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that build-up of why not, why not me, so good. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, like, and even talking about like her wanting to be happy... Like, what sucked me into this song is just that opening lyrics, man. So, we talk about, like, opening, like, when I'm talking about, like, opening lyrics, like, it begins with the uh, lyrics that, if I can, if I could do what I want, I would become an electrician, I would climb inside my ears, and I would rearrange the wires in my brain. Uh, a different me would be inhabiting this body. I'd have two cars in a garage and a job, and I would love to. I would go to church on Sunday. Um, like that just sucks you in right away, and like yeah. it, it just was again such a vivid, vivid, vivid imagery, man. And who hasn't felt that way? Like, right. like I like even to peel back the curtain a little bit. Both me and Matt were just you know talking like you know just airing grievances before we uh recorded this uh podcast and like i'm sure those of you who are listening probably felt this way too like you know hey like if i could just rearrange the wires in my brain if i could just turn off the sadness i would do it man yeah <laughs> and and you know or or at the very least i think this is what julian's getting at is that if you could find a way to rewire them in a way i haven't found yet you know like again we talked about how on um, uh, not Televangelist, but the next song, uh, Everything That Makes You Sleep. Um, how she reaches out to the Lord to p potentially help her go to rest. I think this is sort of in a way saying, you know, whoever can help me be better, I'll give back to you. It means I'll go to church on Sunday, you know, if the Lord gets me, or, you know, if I find someone in my life, I'll live that domestic lifestyle. Yeah. I think that's what this song's about, you know, you know, saying that. Yeah, the last song was her saying please and this is this song is basically saying, I'll give you something in return. Yeah. In a much more lyrical and sincere way than I just made it sound. Yeah, yeah. Um so you ready to move on to Hurtless? Yes. Alright. So we've talked about like Ryan's favorite songs off the album, right? Yeah. This is my favorite song off the this album. This is your favorite song on the album? And so the the reason why is one it's such a beautiful 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 song and like i don't even think like there's a moment in this song and i could be mistaken because i am a human being but there's not a moment in the song where she belts but like so i i've i've gone through my fair share of like you know like even like to peel back the layers a little bit like i'm like again I'm a human being. I've gone through my fair share of, like, you know, uh, dark moments in my life. And, like, you know, yeah. I, I've, I've, like, you know, battled some demons of, like, depression. But, like, what I've learned and what this song basically kind of illustrates is that what helps you hurt less is human connection. It's whenever we lose the ability to connect with others and we just try to shelter ourselves away from like the whole world that's when we truly lose and so 
um, even talking about like you know the opening set of lyrics, and I'll kick it over to you so you can uh, you know uh, you know talk about what your feelings about the song yeah. are. But so the opening lyrics are: I used to never wear a seatbelt because I never said I because di- I said I didn't care what happened, and I didn't see the point in trying to save myself from an accident because if someone's gonna save, uh, someone's gonna help me. What's this fabric gonna help? And when I pitched through the windshield, I hope the last thing I felt before the payment was my body float. And I hope my soul goes too. Like, that's basically a hair being like, yeah, I don't care what happens to me, man. If I die, I die. Yeah, and I, I, like, I don't care if there's something there to save me. Um, but... Yeah, what what are your thoughts on this? So we can talk more about it. I I I I'll only add a little bit to what you said. Cause I think you nailed it. Um, I think it starts on that note because, and, and I've had those moments too where I'm just like, you know, I'm done with this. You know, you know, where's the nearest, you know, whatever, you know, just make this stop. Yeah. And real reality isn't is that you know, if you stop, you cannot start again. Yeah. And so at the end of the song. She's talking about not being alone or doing anything such as, you know, talking or going for a drive or, yeah. you know, she mentions of, you know, I don't have to focus on myself. And so many times in my life, I, 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 I'll say this, is that I have been saved mentally by just the most mundane things, you know, where it's like, you know, you, you can put your focus on that, something so objective, like going to the store or getting, you know, gasoline or something like that. Or, you know, just doing a chore around the house or at work. Yeah. You know, that, that, that takes your mind off of where you were before. And even though there's always that possibility you could go back, for the time being, it's like, okay, you know, now that I've pulled away from what was hurting me, I don't hurt as much. Yeah, yeah. And this song uh, basically has Julian, uh, like you said, like, you know... Um, like in such an interesting state so like the opening set of lyrics are basically say, like her being like you know a very uh, apathetic uh, person for life but then like the next set is talking about like you know hey leave the car running I'm not ready to go and it doesn't matter where I just don't want to be alone and as long as if you're not tired yet of talking I it helps to make it hurt less and, like, you know, it's basically at this point, you see Julian trying to make the effort to, like, like there's even a lyric there where she's talking about, like, I don't care how long it takes, if it takes all night, we're going to figure this shit out. Yeah. And I think that's the first time I swore on this uh, yeah. pod- podcast, so... Um, Sorry, guys. Feature, feature Matt, we'll edit, I'll edit that out. Okay, God, Godspeed, man. <laughs> um, but, and then one other thing that I'll, I'll, I'll add, and I'll, I'll let you conclude if you have anything else to add. Um, this really, so, the, this whole thing comes full circle whenever, like, the last uh, verse comes in, the outro um, talking about, like, you know, uh, this year I started wearing seat, seat be- safety belts when I'm driving because when I'm with you, I don't have to think about myself and it hurts less. And 
like you know talking about like you know demons and depression and everything like that mm -hmm. um it's like that that lyric right there like you know really shows like this is what it's all about at the end of the day like this uh, like it's such a beautiful song i could not say uh enough about it and like i'm actually kind of grateful that we like went over this album because i didn't really see the beauty in the song up until the point that we started like i i started to review it so right and i love that because uh that's how i felt with uh, river when we reviewed blue last time out mm. um because i already knew it was a good song but then revisiting it made it that much better yeah. um in its context so uh yeah i'm, I'm glad we did this album too um so let's move on to what i believe is the penultimate track on the album which is even yes so, I'm going to let you lead this off. Okay, all right. Um, all right, here we go now. Here we go, here we go. Russ Conkle, baby. We're not... Wow. The fact that it took 50 minutes for you to mention Russ Conkle, I'm impressed. Um, so, Even is... I'm not sure how to describe this song. It almost seems... Vengeful, in a sense. Like, the only lyrics, like, I'll, 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 let me look up the lyrics now, because the lyrics that stand out to me are towards the end of the song where she's talking about, you know, punching out the wall at a Motel 6. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, so we just have ourselves a straight up, uh, you know, admission that things are still a little iffy. Yeah. Um... I feel like, you know, while you're looking up the lyrics, like, it, it feels like this song is she's having an argument with somebody. And it could be with herself. It could be with, like, you know, a significant other. It could be with a friend. It could be with a, a number of different, like, you know, elements that whatever you as a listener can really sink your yeah. teeth into. Um, so, but, yeah, I'm, I'm looking them up right now, and basically it confirms what I uh, had thought. Uh, basically, this is her... After declaring in the last song that she doesn't want to leave this world, she wants to keep fighting and keep living. Yeah. That this is a song where it's like, okay, if I'm going to keep being here, I'm going to get justice against those who made me not want to be here. Yeah. And I feel like that's what this song is about. You know, her saying, you know, is that what you want for me to be so miserable? You know, basically, are you, you know, this is what you wanted for me to be as down as you are. And yeah, I've been down, but I'm not out. I think you just made me like this song a little bit better. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because like you know, um, my like uh, I would say like you know, next to Sour Breath, like this song is definitely not a highlight off the album for me. Um, and in terms of now the notes I took from it, like there's like three things that I wrote about it. Um, right. But like you know, the way that you were able to articulate like what your thoughts were on it really did it, it like one it helped me appreciate the song a little bit better and i feel like i'm gonna bump my album rating up by maybe like 0.5 or one point oh wow on this so <laughs> um but yeah um it really it, like this song specifically like it just seems like you know she's no longer having and at the risk of sounding redundant based on what you just said, but it, it's just, in like, the way that I'm remembering and, like, recalling the song, like, it seems like at this point, she's no longer being self-hating, self-deprecating, 
and she doesn't have any doubt. She's just like, I guess I'm just, uh, I'm evil. I, I'm not evil. I guess I'm just just trying to even it out. It almost seems like a, kind of like almost like a sinister undertone. Mm-hmm. And basically, like the feelings of like you know, like she's not worth it anymore. Are basically gone. She's just like, no, hey, no, screw this man. Yeah. Uh, so you ready to talk about the final? track in this album claws in your back claws in your back all right so such a powerful ending track man like yes uh excellent piano haunting piano to start it off and holy crap the opening lyrics talking about like you know collecting the circles that tell us how old we are beneath our eyelids wearing a purple badge to prove what i did pump the vitals out of my wrists because I'm conducting an experiment to, on how it feels to die or stay alive. Like... <laughs> yeah. Like, um, as I'm getting older in my life, I, I've noticed, like, you know, there are, like, you know, bags underneath my eyes. And I'm like, whenever I see them, I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, mm. man, man, I'm just thinking about, like, you know, all the stuff that's happened with my life. And, like... I, I, again, like the opening lyrics do really portray uh, Julian's ability to be an excellent, like you know, lyricist. Yeah, and and, and to be fair, I think you you've been talking about how there's a lot of heartbreak on this album. Mm-hmm. This honestly might be the most heartbreaking song on the album. Yeah, yeah. Because we were talking about how whoever it is that jilted her led her to the point of near self destruction. And how the last couple songs was her climbing out of that. Yeah. And this song, and, and, and maybe you could might not see it this way, but the way she ends it with, you know, I'm better off learning how to be living with demons I'm mistaken for saints. If you keep it between us, I think they're the same. I think I can love the sickness you made because I take it all back. I changed my mind. I wanted to stay. I wanted to stay. Is that not her admission of going back to the source? Of going back to whoever it was that made her ill in the first place, because that's how I read it. I read it in a different sense. Okay. Um, I I read it as like, um, especially with how like she, how the music swells up and how she belts out, "I wanted to stay," like, uh, like she wants to keep living life, keep like you know. Okay battling through stuff because she realizes that like you know life is life is worth it man again two different interpretations right you're not wrong i'm not wrong but neither of us are julian baker yeah true because if we if we were julian baker we would not be here right now god no <laughs> but uh again like you know um the uh, it's such a beautiful track to to encapsulate the album yeah and then the last thing i'll say about it is that her the way her voice swells to um, the heights that it does is just, again, a, a fantastic way to end the album. Yeah. So that is Turn Out the Lights. We've turned out the lights on this album review. Yes. And we've also turned the lights out on this year. Yeah, so, this is our final episode of 2023. Yeah, it's crazy to think about it. So that being said, um, uh, what would you rate this album? Well, I thought I thought about it, and I came to a rather objective conclusion based on ratings I've given previous albums. Okay. Because you may remember I gave 
Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers at eight. Yeah. And I was kind of verging on giving it a seven point five initially, but I bumped it up to eight after the fact. I think this album is better than that, but I don't think it's better than Blue. Okay. So I'm gonna give it a solid nine. Okay. So it's funny that um, you're talking about like you know bumping up the score. So I originally had this album rated as an eight as well, and then like, you talk about like even like just our discussion as a whole. Yeah. Like. I, I, I'm not biting your coattails, I swear. I'm not just doing, like, you know, your ratings, but I'm also going to give this album a 9. Okay, that's fair. So, like, overall, not... Like, again, obviously, uh, not a perfect album, because it's not a 10 out of 10. Right. Um, And, unfortunately, with, like, her next album, Little Oblivions, like, there's other nitpicks here or there that... I, like, I, I feel like, you know, what holds Julian back... As a whole, like in this album for being a 10 out of 10, is there's not like if there was like, you know, a little bit more backing in like, you know, some of the uh, yeah. tracks, it would really help it pop. But you get that in Little Oblivions, but I feel like Little Oblivions is a lesser album compared to Turn Out the Lights. Right. And it's because like you, like, she didn't figure out a way to really portray like, you know, the authentic emotion that she does in Turn Out the Lights. Um, and that being said, I'm kind of curious to revisit her previous album, which I do believe is called Sprained Ankle. Yes. And that's what made her, like, you know, as famous as she was today. Um, but that being said, excellent album, 9 out of 10, easy score for me. So, and um, t- t- talk about, like, next album recommendations. What would you recommend, uh, <sighs> Mr. Uh, Drizzik? Uh, I- I've been struggling with this one because I feel like any answer I would give is relatively self-cannibalizing <laughs> as far as, hey, if you like this, why not Blue? But we already talked about Blue. Um, and I already recommended Jagged Little Pill a few ones back. Um, and I'm not gonna dare recommend Exile and Guyville because I want to get out of this building alive um uh, what would I recommend what would I recommend as far as because I'm trying to think of albums that feature someone on that edge you know talking about (laughs) oh that's tough that is real tough I would say I'm going to go back to our boy, Mr. Neil Young, and go with his 1975 album, Tonight's the Night, okay. which he wrote after um, dealing with the death of two of his uh, crewmates. One in the band, one uh, was a roadie. They both died of a heroin addiction. Um, and it's been a while since I've listened to that, so I would say that um, that would be the... Uh, um, album I would recommend. It's, it's not like a direct recommendation. Again, if, if you really want to go direct, uh, listen to something like Blue or even Punisher, um, but we've already talked about those albums. Go check out those episodes. Um, as far as new albums that haven't been mentioned yet, tonight's the night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, for those of you who have not been able to, like, you know, draw some comparisons, Julian Baker and Phoebe Bridgers are, like, you know, fans of each other. Right. Um, they were even in the same band together. Yeah, yeah. Boy genius. Yeah, boy genius, baby. So, that being said, 
so my next album recommendation, even though like I said, like it's a lesser album compared to Turn Out the Lights, I would highly recommend uh, for those of you who really enjoyed this to check out Little Oblivions. Um, fantastic album. Uh, if y'all want a taste of like you know what the album has to offer, listen to Faith Feeler. Like I still remember the first time I heard that song. It was whenever Julian was doing a uh, performance on the Stephen Colbert show. Yeah. And like she did that song I'm like what is this song it's so freaking beautiful and it wasn't a conventional song by any means so mm-hmm. um, that being said like yeah check out Little Oblivions so that concludes this album review and Matt yes you know what we're going to talk about for our next episode. I do know what we're going to talk about for our next episodes. In fact, I think I know what we're going to talk about for our next four episodes. So, this being our final show of 2023, mm-hmm. I noticed a pattern toward the end of the year. Is that the albums that you have selected us to talk about have been fairly recent. Yeah. Uh, I think, trying to think, I think this was like 2017 that uh, Julianne Baker released this. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Punisher, which came out in 2020. Yeah. Uh, before that... We had talked about um, what was what we talked about before Exile Guy. Was, was was that the Black Country New Road episode? I do believe so. If, okay. If y'all want to correct us, I'm sorry about that. But either way, that was released, I believe, in either I think that was 2020 or 2021 uh, that it came out. 20. Yeah. It, the it, point being, it, regardless. The point. Meanwhile, the ones I've been recommending. Uh, Exile and Guyville was 94. Yeah. Uh, Blue was 1971. I know I've talked. You know, Chosen Zeppelin's fourth album, which was 71. Neil Young's second album, which was 1969. I suggest that for the month of January, we flip the switch. I choose modern albums post-2000, and you have to select two albums before the year 2000. Oh. I would say challenge accepted, but... You, You have some time. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm going to start with... I'll, okay. I'll, I'll pick the first album. Okay. I'm going to pick an album that's currently going to be the sound that's going to come out of my car when I get ready. It's, a, it's an album I don't think I've heard too pro- proper, but I know I've talked about it. I, I might have heard it when it first came out. Uh, but it's an album that's going to take us back to our years when we first knew each other at Geneva College. An album that was considered the masterpiece of all masterpieces around campus. One word. Babble. Okay. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. <laughs> All right. For those of you not watching the live feed, oh, I just keeled over. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I've not listened to uh, Sanford. I mean, Mumford and Sons. Sanford and Sons. Since. All right. So, that being said, um, so for the month of January, what is my what is my what is my gate? Your gate is before the year two thousand. So whatever album you talk about has to be the year nineteen something. It could be the nineteen sixties. It could be the nineteen eighties. It could be the nineteen nineties. Just let's flip the switch a little bit. All right. So you're gonna disrupt my flow because I had an evil genius plan going on here. Well, well, okay. But 
anyways, like, no, for the month of January, we, we will flow with this. And then, like, you know, yeah. come uh, February, they, we can uh, continue on with my Evil Genius plan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I, you have done this before. You have selected at least one album from the 1900s, uh, which was Speaking in Tongues from 1983, I want to say. Yeah. And, like, you know, there, there's plenty enough albums. Like, um, I've also wanted to dive into some, like, you know, uh, jazz stuff, like, you know, right. Charles Mingus and, like, you know, Thelonious Monk. And honestly, I was going to, I'm challenging myself, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm challenging myself too because my original choice for our next album was going to be Hotel California, but we'll save that for a later date. There you go, man. Okay. All right. So for the last time of 2023, um, let me let me take a quick step back. For those of you who have been listening, I know, like you know, there's not like you know a huge crowd of you at this point, right? Um, but like um, from like from my heart, from Matt's heart, uh, we really appreciate you guys listening to like our little podcast here. Um, again, it, it's been an absolute pleasure doing this with you, um, and I can't wait to see what to, what uh, twenty twenty four will bring for this show. Oh yeah, um, and um, we, could, we keep uh, we keep this up and keep like you know pumping out episodes every week, man. Yeah. So. Um, do you have anything else to add about this album, this podcast, this year before we uh, send it out? No, I just again I thank you for all who have listened this year. Um, hopefully, you keep up with us in 2024. Um, if you like it, recommend it to a friend. Uh, tell them about what we're doing. Again, we're on YouTube now, which is super cool. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, mother lover, man. <laughs> uh, Excellent censorship there. Uh, so that being said, um, if you guys like this episode, um, the best way you, you can help support this podcast um, is to uh, rate this on your podcasting platform of choice. At this point, I don't think that there's anything no stir, no uh, stone left unturned, considering that we're actually on YouTube uh, nowadays. Uh, but yeah, you can find us on all podcasting platforms of choice. Um, we have social medias, um, every social media except for like TikTok and Snapchat because, like, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and you, you can find us at TT Hey Listen at all uh, social media platforms uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. And if you guys want to. Send us an email uh, for an episode recommendation or even just to give us feedback. Um, you can find us at tthaylisten at gmail.com. And that's pretty much it. That's all i got to, like, you know, promote. Uh, so, yeah. For the last time of 2023, uh, thank you for your listening to this episode of Hey, Listen to This. I am Ryan Kearns. I'm Matt Derzik. And it is time to... Turn out the lights.